Welcome back to Beloved Unveiled. This is Cynthia Borsolino, and we are looking to the Lord to, for Him to unveil Himself to us in powerful ways that um, brings us in greater revelation of who He is and also transforming our lives to be more like Him and why we're here and what we're created for, which is for His pleasure. And so I am so grateful to be here and to be able to share with you all some more interesting stories and insights from a very great, beautiful, <laughs> one of my spiritual daughters, Amy. We were talking earlier and I wanted to, uh, I felt like the Lord wanted to talk on the subject of something that he's been sharing with me about being playful and being his kid. And he gave me a song about coming into his presence and how he picks us up, twirls around, falling, laughing, such a beautiful sound, oh, to be a child of the King. And so it's like taking us that place of what it what it's like to be his child and his kid. And when we've had upbringings where there wasn't that time or that playfulness with our parents, that some of that's stolen from us. And so it kind of brings that trauma and that type of intimacy away from us because we're, we're being raised in an environment that's not playful or where it's beautiful. And I'm not talking about playful where it brings harm. I'm talking about playful where the innocence stays and is restored or however, you know, the Lord moves on each of us in a different way. And so he takes us back to that place. And something that I, I was thinking about the other day was, and I wanted to share this, that I, I'm amazed that when I get in the presence of the Lord, how I feel like this young girl. I don't feel like I'm 62. I have gray hair. I feel like I have brown hair again or dark brown hair. I feel like he's, you know, there with me. And I feel like this little giddy little child, you know, it's, it's so fun. And, and in Psalm 103 in the Message Bible, it says that he renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. And I think that's why I desire to be in his presence as much as possible, because I, I get to stay youthful, you know. And that's when creativity is released and things begin to happen. And so I wanted to, I wanted to talk more about that as like one of, the, one of the things that I've been struggling with recently is the Lord's brought me where I have a tendency when I'm doing a job or working, I like to get it completed and done. So I'll work till all hours and work hard and it's not necessary mm-hmm. and um, it's not really what the Lord wants me to do. So I get pulled in that and so I'm, he's bringing me back to the place of just resting in him and waiting on him to move forward. Anyway, I just sharing with you, you're saying you remember me like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very, very playful. I remember when I lived at your house hiding up in my room (laughs) (laughs) because there are people over and laughter and karaoke and card games and all sorts of things that I was very unfamiliar and uncomfortable with. Um, I mean, I wasn't unfamiliar with card games, but that number of people and just kind of all the things that go with that, right? And you knew that if you came down, you were just going to be like thrown in there. Like you're just a participant all of a sudden. And I didn't necessarily always want to be a participant. I think for me, growing up, play was very confusing. You know, I think when boundaries are crossed in play, it changes you because it's no longer safe. Yeah. But, you know, I was thinking about, you know, like you were talking about at work. And I think about how his yoke is easy, his burden is light. I remember something I learned at your house, actually, was that there are many great things to do. What is for you to do? 
And so I think when we get into, you know, work and business sort of stuff, it's easy to try to just do all the things because we can, not necessarily because we should. And then I think about my daughter, just drawing, no real purpose to it. And she may start a drawing and set it aside and start another drawing and set it aside. And I'm like, it, maybe it looks like 10 or 15 unfinished drawings. But that was all she wanted to do. Um, and that's how she plays, right? So if we're going to act like children and less like producers. Oh, that's good. Right? Yeah. Um, less like, I have to complete this product. Right. Instead of, let's just play. And maybe that means I'm just putting color on paper. I remember one time when I was I was working with my kids, and I'm focused on getting things cleaned out. So we're going through the markers, we're testing all the markers, and I'm marking a color, you know, to see if it's dried out. You know, I mean, it's a big box of markers, <laughs> and and they of course thought it was play. When I'm just focused on, no, I just need to get this task done, and they're like, "Ooh, can I help?" Because they just want to put down color on paper, and then oh, I can toss in the trash and now it's basketball. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just this where productivity becomes fun. And I find that even my kids will help around the house more if I'm less rule and product driven and more, let's make this enjoyable. Let's throw on some music. Let's, they're way better at it than I am, clearly. That's awesome. I, and I, that's something that I remember even like cleaning house. If, if I um, bring the Lord into it, and ask him to be with me, and I turn on music, and I'm dancing or whatever, it makes it so much more fun. And it's not really fun, but, I mean, prior to that, but now I look at it as fun. And I feel so refreshed when things are done that way. Otherwise, I feel exhausted (laughs) if I don't do it that way. And angry. I mean, how angry do we get? And you're like, no, I need you to help. I need you to pitch in. I need you to, you know, like we get Mm -hmm. so focused on the end goal that we forget the people we're with. We forget the people we're with. And my oldest, one thing he's really good at is like he can get his younger siblings doing things that I'm like, oh my goodness, how, and he's always been able to do this. He'll turn something into a game, but what he's tapped into is who they are and what moves them. And so if my daughter is pretending to be a dinosaur that day, which is usual, then he will turn it into something like, oh, the raptor or whatever dinosaur she is for the day really likes to eat. So now you got to pick up with your claws, whatever this is, and put it away or take it here. And it becomes a game to her. But he's achieving the end goal. But relationship is still intact and even stronger. And it's like I learned so much from watching my own children about play because I'm it's something I'm still really trying to learn, honestly. And the imagination. Oh, my goodness, the imagination. That is something I feel I'm very deficient in, quite frankly. Watching the unceasing imagination, especially my daughter, and the games they'll come up with. I will have people come up to me and say, oh, my kid told me that your kids did this game. And I'm like, yeah, good luck. I don't know. It's not, you know, they just make them up as they go, you know. But to be spontaneous and playful and not be whether or not it's right or wrong or there's rules and there's a mutual respect in it. You know, when they under, when there's an, at least a base understanding of boundaries, that if someone says stop or quit or I don't like that, okay, let's let's renegotiate this situation. So good. 
Yeah. And, and, and the key, and I, I have sensed more and more as the Lord taps in, as we open up and let him tap into places in our own hearts, and we trust him to move. He's very creative. He's very playful. And it's just, you know, it just it just blows me away. There's even, like I told you the other day, I was kind of in the spirit, and the Lord told me, hmm, M&Ms, you know, mm-hmm. people love M&Ms, this world, and it's they're really not good for you the M&M's. But he said, I have M&M's that are really good for you. I'm like, what do you want to do with that, Lord? I was laughing, like, what? what is that? What are M&M's? Like, what do you want to do with M&M's? And then he, and he told me, he says, you have, you have mountains in your mind hmm. that need to come out, come down, which are strongholds. And he says, and my M&M's will help bring those mountains down. And I'm hmm. like, wow, you know, what are the, your M&M's? Miracles, miracle mindset. He said, I'm going to give you a miracle mindset. Miracle mindset. He is supernatural. We're all supernatural beings, and he wants us to be supernatural. So he said, I want to, I want to switch you to a miracle mindset. Just the fact that he's talking to me, and I'm hearing him, and it's so much fun, and I can't make this stuff up. It's like, that's in itself, like, transforming me. It transforms me. So, you, you know, you think you're talking about M&Ms, mm-hmm. and you think you know, you're talking about the opposite, right, on some level. But I think about the slogan, right, melt in your mouth, not in your hands, because... This that's conveying that it's not messy, but when you're talking about the miraculous, when you're talking about mm, play, it is so messy. Yes, it is. Yes. I remember yes. my boys. I looked out the back door, and they're covered head to toe in mud. You know, and I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, and one's got a big smile on his face. The other one has a lot more mud on his face. And I'm pretty sure I know how I got there. You know, or they're just thinking, hey, we're going to throw mud at the side of the house. (laughs) You know, it's not, oh, that's going to take a lot of work to clean off the white stone. Um, It's, it's (laughs) they're not thinking that. They're thinking, wow, this is so fun. Look at how it splatters. Look at, you know. They're impressed with themselves. They're so impressed with themselves. And as adults, Mm -hmm. we shut it down real fast a lot of times. And and then you just watch that light and excitement just die. And how many times in the church do we do that? Mm -hmm. Because, oh, we shouldn't play like that. Um, That's, you know, you just get kind of the prim and proper complex, you know, of, oh, we can't get messy. Yeah. It's, we miss so much when we're not. Cause but it, life is miss, messy. You is, think about it. it. Kids are messy. Marriage is super messy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing about community that's not messy. What's humankind? Like, you know, if you're really well. investing in other people, you're walking through their muck with them, you know, and especially if any of those people have, I mean, I think everybody's had their own types of trauma, you know, but when you're talking histories of it, you know, there's a lot of mess. (laughs) There's a lot of mess. And if we're not willing to get messy, Mm -hmm. how are we going to ever be accepted by community? How, you know, um, and that's part of the miracle. I mean, you think about what a miracle community is in the first place. And I think that's why there's so many who are, reluctant towards it because it's vulnerable it's messy and it's going to require something of you and you kind of just <laughs> you either sign on or you don't yeah and that's what the lord did when he came here mm-hmm. and he signed on to for his death 
sentence, right? Mm-hmm. For us. But he was in community. Yes, and he stayed. And and he had a lot of messy. Like those disciples <laughs> so messy were they crazy. Were. <laughs> like I mean, you know, look at all their issues, and and it's like, but he still called them. And Wait. even when they sent him out mm-hmm. two by two. He even sent Judas out two by two, knowing you know what he was gonna do, and and it was like not a it was like no because it just in that moment of learning who the Lord is, it's like step out, step out. When you think about how messy it is to have someone who is persecuting the church come in and say, oh wait, he's gonna be the rock, you know, like let's let's throw him in the mix. That'd be great, you know. Can you imagine the fear, the distrust, the that's messy. And uh, he tries to shut it down, but the religious, religious spirits, and 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 I, I'm, and that's the thing. I'm even the last week that I've been going to this revival meetings happening, but I realized how much I let the religious shut me down, spirits. Sure. Not about any people, but because I succumb to it instead of keep it. And something the Lord spoke to me the other day. Even he says, "Don't look away. Don't look away from me. Look right here." Like, look at mm-hmm. my, you know, and he knows I'm not going to do it perfectly, but it's like every sure. time you look and you never feel ashamed. You feel like this little child who is so loved, who is so um, adored by him mm-hmm. and you can't have, I'm like, yeah, but don't you know what I just did over here? And he's like, oh, I already covered that. What? What? Yeah. You know? And he's just so fun. And then he's like, oh, let's do this. Let's do, oh, let's create a new song or let's create something new. And it's like, it's just so life-giving i just oh don't you think part of that right is not being familiar being in unfamiliar territory which is going to be uncomfortable right so my i have several friends that definitely call me out into the uncomfortable or others that are like hey you just need to play an art forget producing something just play Right. And um, and that is a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge because you have to push through yourself, your own pride, your own fear. You have to push through all of that to actually play. Yeah. You know, I think about my um, oldest and there, you know, we do a lot of creative things at our house. And and they're usually with supplies that you can't control. <laughs> so at least. To a large degree, you can't control it. And so my oldest, who's very structured, very kind of black and white thinker, finds that it's more calming for him when he does that. When he uses like alcohol inks, for example, and you're just dropping something on a paper and watching Mm -hmm. it flow and then maybe trying to move it a little bit, you know, and that's relaxing because it takes the pressure off of him. Or when they were real little and like, freezing ice and then just giving them like salt and food coloring and just see what happens and it's just kind of this experiment you know that's so much of what play is and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't sometimes you have to um adjust for who you're playing with i remember a time when my middle son my middle child he was just playing my oldest was like he doesn't want to play with me i said why do you think that he goes i said have you asked him he goes well no I said, well, if you haven't asked him if you can play, then how do you know? And so he asked him, and as soon as he got into the game, he goes, okay, what are the rules? But with my middle child, he's like, no, there's no rules. You just play. And you could see this short-circuiting sort of happening in his brain um, just by watching my oldest because he loves rules. 
He loves the structure. And so it was like, no, no. If you're joining into his game, there's no rules. You just play. You know, and I think that's where some of that religious, right? Like, if we try to structure it too much, you're going to miss out. And you're going to feel unwanted and unloved. When if you just participate with what's going on, you might feel known. You might feel loved. You might feel accepted. And you might learn something. That's so beautiful. And, you know, when you're sharing this, like, here you are as a parent, (laughs) showing them into new adventures Mm -hmm. that they would have never experienced if you had not shown them that. So that's the same thing. I, I feel like if we humble ourselves before the Lord, if we become childlike, He will take us on adventures that we've never experienced before either. Mm-hmm. And it will take us to a whole understanding of playfulness and love, like in a way, you know, just like us as parents want our children to experience, right? Sure. And But I love the way that the difference is it don't have a, an agenda, a hidden agenda where it has to be performed a certain right. way. Because I th- that's where we miss out. Just be with them in the moment. Play that game, how, you know, whatever it is. And see, you know, you could be teaching, but it's like, what are we all learning together in it? Right. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I think, I think for me, because play was so confusing and so tense growing up, and sometimes violent, honestly, I really just, and I just kind of get stuck in my head, quite frankly, sometimes, that this, if it's not something I was familiar with or hadn't planned out, then how am I going to um, participate in um, an effective or informed manner? <laughs> like, Because um, I get stuck in my head. And it's like, if I can't be competent at it, then why do it? <laughs> Which is funny because that's just, it's a struggle because as a parent, you want your kid to feel known and seen and loved and and heard absolutely and sometimes that means they want to play the same game over and over yeah and i'm like so help me god i need strength like give me something else anything else i will do the dishes i will clean the toilet you know and while i love seeing my kids come alive it is an exercise for me to play like even when they want to do lately they've been wanting to do these little question cards are called table topics or something that they got some at some point in like at like chick-fil-a or something they love it they would rather turn off a tv show they like to answer these questions that are so random <laughs> you know like naming your own island and things like that but it's that creative vein um, that they love to sit in which i i like hearing their answers but sometimes it's just easier to not play for, for some of us. I don't know if that's necessary mm-hmm. for everybody. Well, I think as we get older, we, it, it gets shut down. Well, but, I think it translates. Like I, mm-hmm. I think I was talking to you earlier about how I think it translates that some of us who don't know how to play well, um, instead of doing that, we just escape in various methods. To look at that, to look at escape as a counterfeit for play Mm-hmm. It's quite sobering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, when I was young, I wrote a song called "Empty Spaces." Hmm. Something like "Empty Spaces in My Soul." All I ever hear is "No, no, no." Yeah. Empty spaces in my soul. So I actually pulled it out this morning and played it, 
Mm. And then the Lord took it and he said, playful places in my soul. Mm. And that he's he's taking, you know, and he's done that over the years. But it was like a whole other meaning to me of where as a child when I was shut down and even as a teenager I was able to speak knowing that my I was empty because all I heard was no, no one to hold me, no one to call me beautiful, no one to see mm. me, no one to call me their own. I was like, wow, you know, and the Lord is calling me his own. The Lord calls me beautiful. The Lord calls me fearfully and wonderfully made, you know. And how he's taking me back to that place of, he's saying it's playful places. So it's like, mm. I... Um, That's just, interesting. Because I think, you know, because he does know us, your playful place is going to look very different from my playful place. Yeah. You know, and sometimes for me, that ends up being art, yeah. right? That ends up being... Hey, just start with this color and then see what happens, which is scary, right? Like, I mean, you know, I could definitely hear a lot of playfulness when I was living in your house and you're just sitting at the piano. You're sitting there and I'm just hearing music. And then all of a sudden it becomes something. And it's like you're hearing this constant birthing and not in a painful way, but in a giving life way. You know, I think so often we associate birth with pain instead of life. Mm, and and I think that that's a detriment. Yeah. Um because we miss out. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. That's really powerful. But how many times do we focus on the pain that we're experiencing currently versus the life we have currently? I mean, I do it all the time cuz <laughs> It's not necessarily one of my strengths, but learning to see life in the midst of pain and and not escaping it. That through it, God can birth something new in us. Yeah, yeah. Something new, something even stronger, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be uncomfortable usually. That's really good. And, you know, especially in this country, I think we're very comfortable and we love our comforts. Yes. But I think... We become very self absorbed too i think in some some aspects and not not because there's a need because there's trauma but when we step into that place with the lord and allow him to bring that revelation of healing for us to let him tap into that then what we find out is when we're all about him he's all about us and we are seen and heard and known in a way that that there's no other there's no other way that can bring us to that freedom level until we tap into how he sees us and mm. what i mean it's it's just it's so mind-blowing to me because it's like you know when i used i used to get to these places where i would just be very self whiny and stuff but <laughs> self-pity that's mm-hmm. what i was looking for full of that and then i would just start crying out the lord and then finally let it out and talk to the lord about it and just give it to him and but it would it would be intense. It was so intense, and then all of a sudden I'd look in, at him, and he's like looking at me with these eyes of love mm-hmm. and revelation. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you do that to me? Why do you do that to <laughs> me? <laughs> you know, because I'm I was just like this little whiny crybaby, whatever. That's how I was calling myself, whatever. And he's like, the moment I give it to him, is like, yeah, but I'm all about you. So it's like 
I don't know. There's like that boundary. I don't quite Well, understand. I think he has to change our narrative. Yes. yes. He has to change our narrative of all the tapes we've heard. Yes. All the things we still believe about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And he has to change that narrative somehow. Yeah. So good. And I don't know that that, like, he can work outside of community, but it, to grow, I don't know that you can really grow past some of that self-absorption and self-pity if you're not in community community. because it's going to push you out of yourself it's going to make you vulnerable in ways that you don't want to be because it's going and not exposure in a bad way but in a way that says we're still going to accept you Mm -hmm. even though we already know this about you yes and i i don't know that we will feel truly I don't know, accepted or known, or even be able to start to trust that maybe, maybe people could like you with all of your shame, with all of your baggage, with all of the heaviness surrounding you, that we still see value, you know? And there's so many times in community when, like if you're struggling and they can remind you of who you are when you forget. But if you're alone, not only are you a target, right? Yes. But you're also you're not gonna you're not gonna be have the support to be reminded of who you are when you need it most. Yeah, that's so good. That's such a powerful, powerful word. I love it. Well, and I want to thank you for being here again, as always. Oh, yeah, it's always a such pleasure a to have you around, and especially in, in the conversations. Love talking <laughs> with you. I always I always learn more about me myself, and also more about you. Mm-hmm. which I love, and also about just, you know, being and showing up in the relationships that are so important. We need each other. Mm-hmm. We all need each other. And I want to thank you to all the listeners that are out there, and I would love to hear from you. Um, please reach out to me at BelovedUnveiled at ProtonMail.com, BelovedUnveiled at ProtonMail.com, and look forward to um, hearing from each of you. And check back with us next time. Have a great, great week.